0: Amen. Our text is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Uh, The title of the message is How God Expresses His Love for Us. It's part of the theme of uh, divine intimacy that we're going to be looking at this morning. Paul writes As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you follow the ways of of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. I heard a funny story about this uh, tribal chief who wanted to marry off uh, his one and only daughter. So he made a proclamation calling all of the eligible men, to come uh, to his palace so that he can uh, pick one of them to be his uh, daughter's husband but there's one problem she just wasn't very attractive and they couldn't get anybody to show up so the tribal chief decided that he'll sweeten the deal and he proclaimed that if the Men comes, the one that will be chosen, the one who can prove that he really loves his daughter enough to marry her, will inherit half, up to half, of the treasures of the tribe and all the privileges accorded to the chief. So men started to gather, probably out of curiosity, to see uh, what the... The catch would be to be able to marry the tribal chief's daughter. So when they assembled right there, the chief said to the men, you all you need to do is to prove your love to my daughter by swimming across this pond. It's a short pond filled with alligators. If you make it across, you will be able to prove your love for my daughter and get all the rewards that come that come with with marrying her and before he could even finish what he was saying there was a big splash and there was this guy who started swimming across the the pond frantically trying to get across kicking and fighting all the alligators and he finally made it across and the chief was very happy and he said to the young man, you have proven your love, but taking that risk of swimming across and surviving, and therefore, you've proven your love, and you can marry my daughter. The young man looked at the chief, and he said, no, chief, I just wanted to survive the swim so I can get back and get the guy who pushed me to the water. I always get a chuckle <laughs> when I hear that, and I hope you're laughing too, even though I can't see you so much for expressing true love loved ones the subject of god's love is probably the most misunderstood and most abused subject when it comes to discussing the nature and character of god in fact i heard a hollywood celebrity one time said who who professed to being a follower of jesus uh, said these words she said god is love period god is love Period. Now, all of that may sound like a good thing, although it may sound true, although it may sound uh, very pious and, 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 and very uh, religious, if you take that statement to its logical conclusion, there's going to be so much problems attached to that. Sadly, so many, even Christians, believe in that statement that God is love, period. But if we really think that God is love and nothing else, then it really doesn't matter much what happens in our world and in our lives. If we say that God is love, period, then it doesn't matter what we believe. It doesn't matter uh, how we behave. It doesn't matter uh, what religion we, we, we decide to adopt. We can make our own religion. Every person can, can concoct a bunch of principles and rules and say this is, these are the things that I'm going to believe from now on. It doesn't matter what laws we make. You know, we, we were struggling with the issue of racism and social justice and things like this uh, prevails in our world today and we're trying to make sense out of how we can fix it. If God is love, period, then it doesn't matter whether these things happen because that statement implies that God will sort everything out in the end and what's important is that God loves us and nothing else matters we don't have to treat each other properly God will sort it out in the end none of none of the ethics that we try to live by uh, will matter they're all irrelevant because we think that God is love and there's nothing else about him doesn't matter whether God is just or he's cruel, or it doesn't matter whether he's just or he's holy, if he is love, then that's it. We can do and be anything we want. I want to make clear that the gospel does speak of God's love. There's no question about that. At the heart of the gospel, it's not a question of whether God loves us or not. But how God expressed that love and how God continues to express it. There's no doubt that God is love. The Bible is explicit. It's very clear about that. In fact, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, a verse that every Christian should know says these words. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, So it's not a matter of whether or not uh, that, that God loves us or not. It's clear in the Bible that He is love, that He does love, and that He demonstrated that love for us that while we were yet sinners, He sent Jesus Christ, our Lord, to die on the cross and to redeem us from our sin. So it's not a matter of whether or not god loves us the real question is how does god express that love for us on an ongoing basis let me submit to you this morning that god expressed his love for us and continues to express his love for us through jesus in two ways grace mercy and truth well wait a minute that's not two that's three now i just want to explain a little bit about this word grace Grace and mercy should be understood as one in the same. They're the two sides of the same coin. I'm sure all of us, if we had been a Christian for any length of time, understand that grace and mercy go together, okay? Grace is getting what we do not deserve, and Jesus provided that for us. Mercy, on the other hand, is not getting what we do deserve so they must be understood and applied together so when i use the word grace i am using grace and mercy together so so the bible says that god expressed his love for us by his grace mercy and truth and god expressed that in the person of jesus so that's why if we if we want to say i want i want to know how god showed his love towards me we look to jesus The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 14, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We recognize His grace and His truth and the truth of His Word. Grace and truth are the vehicles or tools, if you will, that God uses to express His love for us they are the proof, proofs that God's love is in us. In other words, the presence of God's grace and truth indicates the presence of that very love, the manifestation or the application of God's love in our hearts. The question that we're going to ask this morning is how do I know that for myself? How do I, how do I apprehend that in my own life? Okay. Because it's central to the gospel. We have to know how God expresses love for us. How do I know that, that God really expressed that love for me? And how do I know how to express that same thing to other people? Because that's how we experience the love of God. Okay, Our verses this morning gives us three realities that will help us apprehend the love of God as it is expressed in grace and truth. Number one. In order for us to apprehend it and to understand that we have that love, we need to first recognize that we were once separated or alienated from God. Look at verses 1 to 3 again. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, All of us lived among them at one time. Now, that's very important. You need to underline that if you have your Bible. Gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. No one will ever become a Christian and experience the love of God, or for that matter, express the love of God, and demonstrate that love unless a person first recognizes his or her separated state from God no one none of us is born a child of God that's why the Bible says we must be born again no one is born a Christian that's why we don't baptize babies at our church Uh, instead we dedicate them to the Lord in the hope that the Christian parents uh, will be able to raise their children in the knowledge and admonition of the Lord to teach them the gospel so that at one time, when the time comes rather, in their lives, they will make that decision to follow Jesus, to put their faith in Jesus and be born again. Uh, Every one of us, we're born with a, with a sin nature. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, I know that already, but why do we need to really uh, uh, understand what's going on? It, it, it has to do with that, with that experience of love. It's, it has everything to do with understanding the love of God and how we can express that love to one another as well. Every one of us were born with a sin nature. Uh, as you know, nobody taught you to violate the law of God. You just did it. Nobody ever taught me to lie. My parents never taught me to lie. Uh, My parents never taught me to think bad things about other people. I just figured it out myself. Why? Because I and all of humanity, all of us, were sinners by nature. And as we grow up, we nurture that nature. And that's why we need to come to grips with the fact that we are separated from God even at birth. Now, that has nothing to do with whether God loves us or not or anything else. It has everything to do with the nature that we find ourselves in. Uh, the verses that we have just read indicate our separation from God in, in three dif- different aspects of life. At one point in our lives, before we came to faith in Jesus, before we were born again, the Bible says that all of us, okay, all of us used to follow the ways of the world. We were worldly. What does it mean to be uh, worldly? Uh, It means we tend to adjust to the popular culture and trends. We embrace the idea of the secular wisdom without regard to God's revealed word. without Without regard to the revelation that God has given us through Christ Jesus. That's what it means to live in the world. Uh, the Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity against God. Now, when I speak of the, wor- the, the word world, as the Bible speaks of it, it's, it the world is, is that system in humanity that attempts at managing every area and every issue of life outside of God's rule. The Bible says and the Bible testifies that all of us at one point were separated from God, evidenced by the fact that we follow human standards, human instincts, human laws. Everything that we created for ourselves, that's what we follow outside of God's revealed word. The second thing uh, that, 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 that shows that we are separated from God is that we follow the ways of the devil. The Bible says the devil is the ruler of this world. And, and uh, you, may, you may be thinking, you, you're crazy. You're calling us all devil worshippers? No, I'm not calling anybody that. I, I don't even think that we think about that consciously. Now, I knew I, I wasn't serving the devil even though I was not a Christian. That's not the point. The point is the devil has been deceiving people from the beginning. Uh, he, he tries to deceive people into thinking that there's always an explanation to everything outside of what God has revealed in his word. I mean, that's, that's, that's the devil's primary scheme, you know, to deceive people into thinking that God is not involved in our lives. Okay, there's always an explanation to what happens in the world. There's a social and physical and psychological explanation, scientific explanation uh, that, on, on everything that happens in the world. I mean, that's his primary weapon to get our thinking away from recognizing that there's a God and recognizing his rule in this world. When people kill each other, uh, when, when, when people uh, exhibit injustices and things like that, all the things that happens in a world that are bad, uh, the devil's job is to make sure that there's an explanation for it. And that there's no hope outside of what can be explained. The third uh, evidence that we're separated from God is that we follow the ways of the flesh. We surrender easily to the desires of the physical senses. This we all can relate. Before becoming a Christian, our desires are not spiritual. Our desires are not towards God. They're towards our physical and fleshly Appetites. These are the signs that we are alienated from God and that His love for us, although always present, is not understood, expressed, or experienced. Then once we recognize our alienation from God, once we, once we begin to realize that we are separated from God, the Spirit of God begins to, to urge us on, begins to woo us into Uh, bringing us to the understanding of God's love. We have that capability. God has given us every light possible so that we can respond in faith to what God wants to reveal uh, to us. So it's important to understand that once we recognize our alienation from God, the process of recognizing God's love will begin. John 6, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless my Father who sent me draws him. The word is cool, and I will raise him up in the last day. Uh, listen, God is inviting us to a relationship with him. I want you to take a few moments this morning and just begin. This is 2021. Let's just begin to recognize the, the relationship we have with Jesus, the relationship we have with God. What's, what's the quality of it? What's the nature of it? Uh, don't, don't shut me out in this message. Okay, some of you are listening. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and you have heard the gospel. The fact that you're hearing the gospel, the fact that Jesus came and died for your sin, uh, the fact that he offered his life so that he can give you eternal life, that's God's way of wooing you. That's God's way of inviting you to a relationship with Him. You need to take that step of faith to receive that invitation because God is not far away from you. God is not far away from us. The Bible, in fact, says that He is as close to us as our breath. But God is wooing us. He's inviting us. He's trying to bring us to that relationship because He wants us to experience the love that He has offered to us by grace. To faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a next there's a second thing that happens when we recognize God's grace and truth, and that is we are regenerated and made alive in Christ Jesus. Look at verses 4 to 6. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. In the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. In Christ, we have been born again. Once you come to faith in Jesus. Once you say to Jesus, Jesus, I recognize who you are. I recognize you are God's son. And I put my faith and trust in you. And I receive you in my life. And I invite you to come in and take over my life. The moment we come to that place in our lives, the Bible says that we are regenerated. Once we are dead because of our transgression, because of our separation from God. But when we make that step of faith, God says, I will give you a new nature. I will regenerate you. And at that point, loved ones, you and I are going to recognize that we are saved. Because we will understand that our salvation uh, is a demonstration of God's love for us. There are two critical things Uh That we must grasp in order to be sure uh, we are saved. Okay, and I don't want to say this carefully because I don't want to risk any misunderstanding. Uh, Two things that we need to to recognize uh, in our lives to know that we are saved. First of all, we are not saved by God's love, we are saved by grace. Access through faith in the Word of Christ. It was grace and truth that saves us, not God's love. Well, you're out of your mind, Pastor. Of course, I'm saved because God loved me. Not necessarily. I can tell you, not because God loves you and me doesn't mean we're saved. That's important to understand. God loves people, He loves Everybody, but not everybody will spend eternity with Him. Only those who are saved. Only those who have accepted Christ by faith because of the grace that God has given them. So it's very important for us to to, to recognize that. People say, oh God loves me. Of course He loves me. He's going to save me. Not necessarily. God's love doesn't change. God loves you and I. But that doesn't mean... We're saved. We are saved by putting our faith in Jesus. The Bible says we are saved by grace, through faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, don't presume that because God loves you, and he does, that you're going to heaven, or that you are saved. You need to take that step of faith, to come to faith in Jesus. Uh, John chapter 5 verse 24 says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word, here it is, that's truth, and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And he will not be judged. That's grace and mercy. But has crossed over from death to life. Again in Titus 3 and verse 5 it says, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. Second thing we need to understand about this, this being saved, this salvation is our ability to To love other people is rooted in our capacity to demonstrate those same grace and truth. I want to say that again. We are saved by grace through faith. Faith in what? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, once we are saved, once we are born again, we now have the capacity to share that love to other people by the same vehicle of grace and truth.